contain it, huh? Man, what an awesome, awesome line. We cannot contain the glory of your name. Man, I am so glad that you're here tonight. For, we have a lot of people who may be here for the first time, and I am certainly glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Brian Preston, one, uh, the student pastor here at First Baptist, and uh, we have an incredible time together every Wednesday night. If you're here tonight, maybe you've heard from somebody, maybe you've gathered, maybe you've been here before and you've experienced, but God is doing something unique in the life of our church and also in our student ministry. Will you pray with me just for a minute? If you have a Bible, turn, go ahead and start turning to John 17. I'll just tell you, I'm, uh, I'm feeling heavy tonight, and I, and I think that right now will be a great opportunity for us to just go before the Lord and, and ask for His Word to come down tonight. So as you're turning, let me pray for us. God, tonight, help us to be centered around you. God, draw us back. God, where we lay heavy tonight, where we're heavy-hearted, or things have come against us today, or maybe in the season of life, it's been extremely difficult for us. God, may you help us zero back and center everything around you. Tonight, may it be about your name. And God, I pray that the doors would just blow off because we cannot contain your glory tonight. God, I pray that your word would be enough tonight, that we would hear from you exactly what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So, coming up in... About a week and a half now, uh, we're, we're, we're having an, uh, an event uh, that, we, that really is an evangelistic crusade, in a sense. Uh, it's called Fall Riot, and, and right now, here's a personal invitation to you to be a part of Fall Riot, but I don't want you to just be a part, and tonight's message is really centered around um, that idea, that I don't just want you to be a part, but I want you to start thinking about who else can be a part, who is not in this room that would love to be a part. Sunday morning, uh, we're going to um, have a worship kickoff with Chris White Band's going to be in town. And the Tuesday night, we're going to have a concert with Zero Doubt and Drawn Out, these guys you've seen up here. Uh, a night centered around life change. Uh, and then Wednesday night, kind of bringing it all to a head after see you, see you at the poll that morning. And then uh, Fall Right meets Core 33 that night as we're going to kind of blow the doors off. Andy Cherry will be here leading worship. And uh, Jeff Lovingood is going to come and, and speak to us. And man, it's going to be a powerful, powerful week. And so I hope not only that you get to be a part of it, but you begin to think who in this room that you can invite, or who in this room, who is not in this room, excuse me, that you can invite to come and be a part of uh, what a special opportunity it is uh, for us and for our ministry. Uh, and so that's the invitation. But tonight I want to hopefully challenge you in a very, very heavy way. So tonight, I hope you brought your thick skin, because I don't think that, again, for me, as I began to prepare, I felt like God was really challenging me to step outside of myself this past week. Uh, and that's hard. It's hard when we get comfortable and we get um, so uh, complacent, in a sense, that we, you know, life is going on around us and we're comfortable. We enjoy what we're doing. We enjoy what's going on. Um, but we, we kind of ignore... Um, the whole Christian thing in a sense. What am I talking about? Well, if you think back a few weeks back, we talked about why we do student ministry. We talked about coming back to the why, and the why is, is the reality is that 
there are so many students in Bradley County that don't know who Christ is. And maybe you're sitting in this room tonight and you're like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. But hope tonight through this uh, opportunity that you have to hear and listen that you will understand what that means. But we talked about what it is, uh, why we do student ministry, and why we do student ministry is that Christ came to seek and save those that were lost, and so that is our mission, to seek and save those that are lost. And here's the reality is God desires the lost, and I don't mean that somebody walks out of this room and they don't know which way to go. Now I'm talking about those that may not know Christ who are considered lost. Christ talks about in his word in the Bible, as you will read a lot of times, that he uh, is very missional-minded. He is all about the one, and he will leave the 99 to pursue the one because God desires the lost that much that he would leave 99 sheep and go find one because God desires the lost. There's, a, there's kind of a, I think tonight there's a, there's a picture that I want to paint for you, and if you're like me, and I really think that most of you are, uh, I grew up in church, and I grew up from really the cradle uh, any opportunity I had, I was in the doors of the church. My parents would take me to church or I would come to church. But for whatever reason or another, I was in church. And I grew up in church. But what I began to do as I, as I grew older is I began to put on this face. I would come to church with this one face, this one look. And I would tell people and I would look, make, make people think that I was, you know, had it all together, that I was the it Christian, that I you know, sang in the choir and that I got to talk in front of people and lead Bible studies and do all this kind of stuff. And I put on this face when I came to church, but when I was in school and in the hallways, it's a different story. I was living a different way, hanging out with the wrong people, cussing, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And I centered my life on playing church. That's the term I'm going to use tonight, playing church, that I, that I became involved in a game in a sense, that I, that I could win if I get, went to church and showed everybody there that I had it all together, because in reality, outside of the church, I didn't really know what was going on. I was playing church, and I really, tonight, I think a lot of you are playing church, and I don't say that lightly. That's something that's been heavy on my heart this week, and I hope that you listen to God's Word John 17, let's look in God's word tonight. John 17, starting in verse 14, it says, I have given them your word. This is Jesus talking. He says, I have given them your word. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Lord. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not in the world, or they're not of the world, excuse me. Just as I am not of the world. Kind of leave this next part out a lot of times because for whatever reason we choose to, but This next part says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. We kind of lose sight of that because we we all too often say, okay, well, Jesus told us not to be in the world, so let's retreat. And I'll get to that here in a second. But it says, the next part says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Keep them protected. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is true. Tonight, I want you to understand one thing, and that is God, Jesus, says he wants you to be in the world, but not of the world, okay? A lot of times we get hung up on that first part that says you're not supposed to be in the world, so we retreat, 
And we go back and we kind of create this separatist movement in a sense as Christians, right? Because here's culture, here's the world, here's society. But then here, we're going we're gonna to retreat back. We're not going to be in the world. We're going to put on this facade and we're not going to drink. We're not going to smoke. We're not going to have sex. We're not going to curse. We're not going to do all these things. And it really becomes an external behavior modification, right? That we're just trying to like keep up the face and play church. And the world is over here and we've retreated out of it, right? But what happens so many times, and this is the tricky part, is that there are all these things in the world that we like, don't want to get caught up in, like the anger and the jealousy and the bitterness and the slander and the gossip and all these things. What happens is when we try to separate off, we bring a lot of that stuff with us. And so while we're in here in our kind of artificial construct that we call church, while we're over here, we bring all those things with us. And so instead of being in the world, but not of the world, we retreat back and we become of the world, but not in it. Does that make sense tonight? Think about it. Jesus says, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. And we kind of use this whole thing to center back and then we become of the world, but not in the world. We took that as making our own like defense bubble. We we kind of put up a shield around us and we say, God, we don't we don't we understand your mission and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you told us not to be in of the world, right? So we're gonna retreat over here, we're gonna do our own thing. But then what happens is we begin to take on all these other characteristics and we begin to take on all these other things, and before you know it, the church is just as saturated and filthy as the world, right? And let me tell you something, it's extremely hard to change something that you're not in. And Christ has called you to change the world, right? But if you're not in it, you can't change it. And let me tell you something else, it's even harder to change something that you're the same substance as. And so if you're operating as a Christian tonight under the same assumption as somebody else who's not a Christian, maybe you're living a life that's, that it's mirrored as a Christian, right? But then you look deep down and you're struggling with the same things. You're struggling with the addictions. You're struggling with all the things the world is over here struggling with, but they, don't, they see you struggling with it and they think, well, I don't need that. I'm already here. I'm already struggling with those things. Why would I need to go over there? As Christians, we put up this defense bubble and we... We retreat, but what happens is we become the same substance that we're trying to avoid. So instead of being in the world but not of it, we become of the world but not in it. Let me tell you something. Um, Matthew 5 talks about in the Beatitudes, Christ has given a message in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, uh, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And he's talking about life-changing agents. He's talking about salt and he's talking about life, things that provide life-changing substance. But what happens is, what, what happens is we, we all too often get bottled up and we stay in the salt shaker with all the other believers, right? But we don't go out and we don't season the steak, right? All you meat lovers out there. The purpose is not for the salt to stay in the salt shaker. The purpose is for you to go and salt your world, salt your classroom, salt your hallway, salt your practices, salt your sporting events, salt your life, salt your home, salt your shopping centers. Wherever you're at, you're supposed to be seasoning and salting the world. So what happened? 
Where did we go wrong? Christ says we are salt and light. We are salt and light. The problem is, is when, uh, the problem is as the church, all too often we take that entire salt shaker and then we go and dump it on one piece of steak, right? And then the world goes to take a bite and they spit it out. They don't want it because it's bitter. It's gross. That's what happens. All too often we are in the world, of the world, but not in it. I think it's time that we salt our world, don't you? We need the church to stop doing church and start being the church. And let me tell you something tonight. There's a little misconception a lot of times that people will tell you as students or as children or as preschool that you're the future of the church, right? And so you need to be acting one way because you're going to be the future. No, you are the church. Let me tell you something tonight. You are the church. You are First Baptist Church. And you operate as the church. And what the church is supposed to do is to become the connector right, between a one true living God and the people of the world and bridge a connection to bring people to God, to reach a lost and broken world and reach them and connect them to the one true living God. That's what we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not rocket science. It's just Christians being Christians. It's just you operating on the assumption that you're doing life and doing it to please man and not please the Father. I don't want you to get down, but I do want you to understand that we need to step outside of our little artificial construct and go and reach the world. We kind of, what happens is we all too often operate under that assumption, and then we go and we do our quiet time sometimes, and we go and we come across verses like Matthew 28, the great suggestion, as we like to frame it. I may be having a bad hair day. I may be... You know, maybe having a bad week. So God's like, oh, okay, you can take this week off. You don't have to worry about going and telling the world. Uh, that's just a suggestion. No. Christ says in uh, Matthew 28, says, go and tell the world. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a command. It's a command tonight. But again, we think... Well, that's not really for me. That's not my gifting. It's not my calling. I'm not supposed to go and reach the world. I, I don't really, I'm not good with words. I don't, you know, I'm really shy in front of people. We'll just leave that to the elitists, right? We'll leave that to the guys who know what they're doing, those weird pastor types like Brian and other people. We'll just let them do it. And we kind of get shaken up. And sometimes what, I, uh, what happens is we refer to those people and uh, we think they're the only ones that can do evangelism, Right? Or as the church, we might do what I call the Cinderella approach, and we go out in a team of people uh, on an evangelistic night, right? And we go to reach the world. What happens is we go out, we're telling somebody and shoving the word down their throat, and all of a sudden we notice it's 10 o'clock, and we don't want to revert into our Christian pumpkin. So we're like, oh, hey, if you want to act like me, you want to think like me, you want to you know, sing like me, then come to church Sunday at 10 o'clock. I'll see you later. And we go and we leave. How many times has that happened? It's happened a lot for me. We take this approach thinking it's not our gifting or calling or the Cinderella approach and we reduce this thing to something somebody else does because it's not, it's not my gifting, it's not my calling. We stay separate from the very well that Jesus said we need to bring change and transformation to the world. He says, be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth. 
John 18, 37, I love this verse. It says, for this purpose I was born, and for this cause, cause, you like that word? Cause, it's not a religion, it's a cause. It says, and for this cause I have come into the world. It's coming into the world to what? To bear witness to the truth. To bear witness to the truth. Acts 1.8 talks about how in, in the word, and he's talking, uh, Jesus is talking right before he ascends into heaven. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, uh, and you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say go wit to witness or do witnessing. He says go and be my witnesses. It's a lifestyle. It's what you're about. As a Christian, you are to bear witness. You are to bear witness. It's not some ritual that you participate in once a week, right? We think Sunday and Wednesday we'll go and we'll get our bear witness on, but then every day of the week we're, we'll be all right, right? Now, listen, this generation, our world, they're not looking for somebody to come and like do witnessing to them. They're not looking for somebody to come and tell them these things. No, they're looking for somebody to show them and bear witness to them what a Christian life is all about. It's not some once-a-week ritual. It's a 24-7, real-deal lifestyle. It's being authentic. You don't need a pastor. You don't need some great evangelist. That's the thing. We look at Fall Riot. We look at these great events. We're going to bring some people in, and we're like, we want to leave it up to those guys. Listen, your friends are not going to come and hear the gospel of Fall Riot because Chris White's coming. Your friends are not going to come and hear the gospel because Andy Cherry's coming or Jeff Lovingood's coming. No, they're going to come because you personally invite them, and by your lifestyle, you've shown them what Christianity is all about. You've showed them that there's something different about you, that you'll meet them where they are, but you'll show them a better way. And they're going to come because you personally invite them, because you've shown them a lifestyle worth living. Man, we just need a generation of students to rise up. Rise up and realize it's not about doing witnessing, but about being witnesses wherever you are. Think about your day. Think about what you do. You get up in the morning. You may go work out. All the people that you're around. You may go to school. All the people you're around. You may go to class in the halls. All the people that you're around. You may go to practice afterwards. Or you may go home. The family, the people that you're around. You may go home later that night. You may go out with friends. All the people that you're around. Think about your world and think about the witness that you have to bear. There's so many people in your life that will get a chance to see Jesus if you will live true, authentic lifestyle of what Christianity is all about. Not just being of the world, but not in it, but being in the world, but not of it. Every one of us, no matter who you are, where you're from, how much money you have, no matter who your family is, we're called to be salt and light of the world and to bear witness of Christ all the time. You know, Scripture talks about there's a dark hovering cloud over the earth and that the church needs to rise up and bring light to a dark world. That's where we're at tonight. There's a world out here in Cleveland, Tennessee, that there's a dark cloud hovering. You don't see it a lot of times because you're in it. But Christ has called you to be the light to a dark world. And he's called you the church, students, tonight, that you are the church. He's called you to rise up and to go and to bear light and to bear witness. This is the hour in which you were created, not to run from it, but to change it. God's going to use you to change the world. Maybe not in its entirety, 
But man, let me just tell you something. God will use you to change one life. God can use you to change one life. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to be in the world but not of it? Are you willing to separate yourself? Are you willing to show them a better way, a redeemed way? Christ came to redeem all things, right? Are you willing to show them a better way? Tonight is your night to step up, to rise up, and to show and to be the church. It's time to be the church, students. It's time to be a Christian. Stop acting like Christians and be Christians. I want to share a poem with you tonight. There's a poem, and as the band comes, I want to read it to you. A man fell into a pit and couldn't get out. A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, it's, it's logical that someone would fall down there. A Christian scientist came along and said, you only think you're in a pit. A Pharisee said, only bad people fall in a pit. A fundamentalist said, you deserve your pit. Confucius said, if you had to listen to me, you wouldn't be in the pit. Buddha said, your pit is only your state of mind. A realist said, that's a pit. It's my favorite. A scientist calculated the pressure necessary to get him out of the pit. A geologist came along and told him, appreciate and study the rock strata of the pit. An invasive person came along and avoided the pit altogether. A professor gave him a lecture on the elementary principles of the pit. A self-pitting person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. A charismatic said, just confess you aren't in a pit. An optimist said, things could get worse. A pessimist said, things are going to get worse. <laughs> Jesus, seeing the man, knelt down, reached down his hand, and pulled him out of the pit. You are, tonight, students, church, you are the person that God is going to use as a connector between a one true living God and a broken, wretched, sinful world. It's our job to reach down into the trenches of life, engage a lost and dying world, and lift them out of darkness into a relationship with the one true living God. Are you willing to do that tonight? Are you ready to do that tonight? Are you ready to allow God to use you to reach a lost, broken, and wretched world? You're wretched and broken too, I know. I'm one of the worst. But God will use you if you will stop playing church and start being the church. Tonight's your night. We're going to worship, and I'll give you a chance to respond. Let God use you tonight to be the church. Let's sing.